cheers to episode 64. Cheers. Cheers. Looks like we got the canteens out tonight. Mm. I said water. Filled with vodka. Just kidding. It's water. It's 10 o'clock on Tuesday, March 22nd. This is tied for the latest recording we've done. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm a little tired right now. But I'm going to have my energy will pick up as the show goes on, as I'm talking, as takes are flying. Like we said, it's Tuesday, March 22nd, episode 64, 10.09 p.m. Welcome on in to the number one sports podcast in Michigan. And my bracket is busted. Yeah. My bracket's hanging on by a thread. Yeah, mine's not good. Mine is not good. Who could have saw St. Peter's Peacocks on the radar? I did not have them on my radar. Um, no one, I would say, except Nate Robinson. Shout out him. <laughs> our uh, group podcast bracket is still in the, the hunt, though, so that's good. All of our final four teams are alive. That's huge. And our champion, which means our champion and championship game is intact. So the group the the show bracket is looking pretty contentious there's a lot of people fighting with some pretty impressive numbers in that group so good for the show listeners and i'm trying to see what place i'm in you know i'm in third special guest (laughs) not bad from the clouds i did tell him to join when we talked about michigan state but he joined a wet right away so here he is well i'm i said send it when you join when you want me to join it'll be fine it'll perfect is it dark? Is it that dark in here? You look like you're the Batman. Yeah, holy! Wow. You are vengeance. <laughs> if it, if is if the lines are anything like Evans, it won't make a difference. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, friend of the show, Luke has just joined us. For those listening, like what what's going on on the Zoom screen? They don't know. You've heard his name mentioned a lot. So, Luke, well, we heard him yelling in the background. Yep. Many features, many features. It's about it's about time. <laughs> All right. So Luke, for you, we will I'll preview the show real quick and we'll get you in we'll 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 get your weekly recap and then some Michigan State hoops talk. Yep. So we have our weekly recaps and then we're gonna talk about the tournament in general, just a bunch of things from the first weekend, and then intertwining our two teams and then there's some listener questions mixed in there with Michigan State. Then we'll end it out with Evans Red Wings trade corner because uh, I don't really know Hot. what they did or what's going on there. But this is a new segment of the week. It's Evans trade corner with the Red Wings. Um, you know what? It's only right to let the the guests go first, Luke. How was your week, man? Oh man, I mean, where do I start? Boring nine to fives. I mean, I feel like I'm out. You know. Uh, class all week works on, on Tuesday and Thursday. I once pleasant surprise though, during the week though was, uh, you know, I'm sitting in my room doing some work and, uh, I hear, I think I'm like, I think I hear a friend of the show, uh, voice in our living room and, uh, lo and behold, I go out and there's DK. He's here. It's Tuesday. I know he has a full-time job. Hey man, what's going on? But uh, yeah, it was it was a great week. Great weekend of watching basketball. Bunch of booze. I mean, 
you know how it is. A lot of booze. Yeah, nothing really interesting though. A little FOMO on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I mean, also having to go into work on Saturday at eleven to help my boss move his wife into our office—that was pretty. That was pretty out of the ordinary. That was bizarre. All hung up in the Wild. Did you at least get to wrap that up before the game stepped off that day? I think I was back maybe around one one thirty. So All right. Was, yeah. Then we went over to B Dubs and uh, drank some more beer. Watched some. Watched a, a great Baylor comeback. That was almost. You know, shout out Al winning his bets. Good job. Good job, Alex. Huge. Against, I was against everyone else, unfortunately. <laughs> it wasn't great for morale. Nah, it was all right. Yeah, that's uh, the week. Alex, Evan? Weeks. Um, during pretty, the week, pretty I similar. worked like normal. Did nothing fun. You got a new car. Well, actually, who am I kidding? I got a truck this week. That was pretty cool. Um, a Prius. I got a Prius. <laughs> a Prius truck. So that was cool. You have to pay for it, though. Not as cool. Um, and then this weekend, I descended upon East Lansing with Evan and Luke. And Grant, even you were there for a little bit. So, oh, what does that mean? Well, it's just a little surprising, you know. But, yeah. And I <laughs> did everything Luke just said. I drank and had a good time. Watched a lot of basketball with good buddies. Shout out you, Connor. Wow. Connor's got to be feeling 10 feet tall right now after that. Podcast biggest fan. Evan? Uh, so, as Luke said, had people staying here basically all week. Uh, Drew kicked it off Tuesday. Corm kicked it off Thursday. Um, Tuesday didn't really do anything. Watched basketball. Wednesday went out for Drew's birthday. So, drank Wednesday. Um, then Thursday was just super fun, uh, just day drinking, green beer, just pictures of it nonstop um, at the Riviera Cafe. Mm. Um, confirm, nice establishment. Yeah. Confirm if you do drink green beer, you will poop green for the next three days. And it did happen for the next three days. Um, do you have a picture for the listeners? I don't. I mean, if you want uh. to just picture Hershey squirts, just green, that's what it's going to look like. <laughs> oh, graphic. <laughs> Graphic. Um, yeah, so Thursday, drank all day, came back. I made tacos. I don't even remember making half of the tacos is how much I drank. So it was like drunk tacos. Went back out Thursday, went back to Riviera Cafe. I basically owned that bar. Wait, you went I back s- there at night? Yes. yes and you I took did. a break in between? I took a like two-hour break in between. Taco break. Gordon, Ram- nap. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. Blackout. No nap. I was cooking in the kitchen. No nap. Um, Went back out to the Riviera Cafe. Um, And so you guys remember Halloween here. Bars weren't as busy, but they were super close. Every single bar had a line at it. Um, Mm -hmm. We stood in line at the Riv again. Uh, Had to go there for Drew for certain purposes. Oh, I can imagine. Um, We shut down the bar. They turned the lights on. It was fun. We had a good time. Um, I saw Drew at his absolute peak. Uh, peak in quotes. Um, we got him back. Uh, we, me and Corma took a detour on the way back. Uh, had to take care of our business. Um, and then that show just turned into Friday and Saturday. Friday got to watch the game, though. 
with you guys. So that was fun. Drink all day Friday. Drink all day Saturday and Saturday night. Uh, where'd we go? Oh, went to Rick's. Mm. Mm, I got ditched at Rick's. Yep, Alex? I got ditched at Rick's. It might have been a part of that. Wasn't intentional. Mm, wasn't intentional. Wow, he was bad. I was relying on friend of the program, Drew, and you know maybe he just dropped the throw him underneath the bus. Time. Throw him underneath the bus. Why won't you? Um, well, he won't listen to it anyways. Wow, tech guy, Drew. Just, just a weekend of day drinking, and my body's just taking the punishment for it. Like every single time I eat, it's just ten minutes later. I'm in the bathroom. It's just, it's just not good. Yeah. Oh no. And like Bill? I still yes. And I still don't oh. feel hydrated. Mm. Or none Jeez. of us have mentioned the great cookout we had Sunday. Oh, oh that was great. That yeah, was like yours stuff. truly, Chef Luke, barbecue master Luke. We we're trying to ease the nerves a little bit. I mean, it, it definitely helped. A few coronas out by the uh hot tub on the grill. I mean, it was great. Can't beat it. Rolled right into game time. There was no time to think about anything. No time to be nervous. And then the mm-hmm. game happened and it was very panic nervous. mode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was very similar to all yours. Saturday and Sunday, watch a lot of basketball by my lonesome clocking in some work shifts. Ooh. I will say the one thing that was tough, but I still enjoyed it because I love basketball. It felt like every single last game of the slate went into overtime. And it was just like, I don't need to be up until one, like watching all these games. I'm going to do it because I need to see if TCU can actually beat Arizona. But that Sunday overtime game, I was like, wow, that was a full weekend of my eyeballs glued. The blue, the blue light blocking glasses were working overtime this weekend. And then to echo onto the like eating poorly theme of the weekend and just destroying our bodies, I have an announcement I'd like to make. I am retiring from four locos for the rest of my life. I'm done. I gave it a I gave it a ride at 24. It's I did years ago. It was you know, it was a it was a jackass move to try it at 24. I don't know what happened. I'm just never doing that again. It's just not worth it. Oh, it is not. I How wasn't, was that next morning. It just oh I had to make it oh, talk about this McDonald's stop. I had to make an emergency stop at a McDonald's like 20 minutes outside of East Lansing in a town that I don't even know the name of. It was a very small town. And I wanted, it was like 11 a.m. I wanted breakfast really bad. I wanted two sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and two hash browns and a large coffee. Had you had, eaten yet? No food yet. So I just want some breakfast. Had it all planned out. The drive through long was 20 cars deep as it is for McDonald's. So I was like, all right, I'm going to walk into this place and do that that way. I go to the touch screen and there's no breakfast on the touch screen. I'm like, fuck. And I know they, they serve some of those items all day. I know they do that now. So they don't have to lie to me. I know it's some. I, I could hear them in the back talking about breakfast still, but they weren't really taking orders at the front. It was all like touchscreen. So I was like, all right, Hail Mary play here. I'm going to go two McDoubles, a McChicken, and a small fry, and still a large coffee. And I sat down in my car with like an hour drive left, and I go, Grant, you're going to throw this up immediately all over yourself in your car, <laughs> or it's going gonna, it's gonna to save you. And it saved me, thankfully. So the McDoubles worked, and I was back on the horse. So that that was my post four local experience because I didn't even feel like I drank that much. Just they just make you feel so bad. Yeah, you don't feel good after you drink it. No, it tastes like garbage too. There's no win in that. They taste terrible. Yeah, they try to make all those fancy flavors, but 
they they didn't they don't i don't know who tests the flavors they they don't try too hard no so let's go into some specifics of the basketball we watched i just labeled this as tournament observations so for i'll read out for luke as well since he's joining so basically just your any observations from the first weekend best moments worst moments funny moments things that made you mad bad beats or bets biggest surprises and failures just an all-encompassing national view of what happened this weekend in college basketball who would like to start i'll give you i'll give you a bad beat to start um what was that tuesday night kick it off um had a little same game parlay down for with indiana trace trace jackson davis cashed mine for points cashes for rebounds super late in the game um, and then I just needed total team over uh, 66 and a half. Um, if you don't remember the score, Indiana scored 66. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wyoming missed a shot with probably five seconds left. And Trace Justin Davis got the rebound. And there was a person within reach of him to follow him. They were down like six or seven, though. They could have done it. They could have easily followed him. They did not let the clock run out. Wyoming's dead to me. <laughs> Damn chop Wyoming. <laughs> you idiots to foul. Uh one I had I'm trying to think of I was thinking in my head the all-time rankings of bad upsets. Like but Kentucky's has to be up there. I know a 16 versus a one is more jarring when you look at the numbers, but Virginia, that team played so slow and they didn't have DeAndre Hunter for that game. It's still really embarrassing to lose to a 16 seed. But this Kentucky team was like fully stocked, and St. Peter's—they showed pictures of what St. Peter's gym looks like. It is worse than high school gyms. It Kentucky losing as a two seed to St. Peter's Peacocks is got to be a top three worst loss in this tournament of all time. It's super embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it's the horror stories that came out on the web today of all the flooding and the garbage that has happened at um their facility they can't even practice half the time and they just lost and they beat kentucky who uh you know has like everything they could ever need it's a pretty embarrassing loss for kentucky but you know i can relate we can relate we can't really talk too much about it just the blaring thing to me was that you have a guy like oscar shibwe in the paint who had a great game don't get me wrong but i mean saint peter's doesn't got a guy like that i mean let's be honest here they got the dude with the little handlebar mustache wielding the point, the little white kid. Doug. I mean, balling out. I guess in March, weird things happen. I mean, I, you know, we always joke around saying this is March, but that's one of the weird things that happened. It's a team like that can come in and, and play very well against a perennial favorite, you know, for the tournament. So, yeah. Alex, thoughts? Uh, I want to be completely honest with you guys. I'm battling with my computer right now. Oh, wow. Deep, Battle deep and war. Build. Battle and build. Um, there's deep war. It's, it's claiming I have 32 minutes remaining before I run out of storage on my computer. So I'm just, you know, finding every setting possible to clear this out. I just deleted 19 gigabytes and still says I only have one gigabyte available. I don't get it. So <laughs> if, I, uh, if I seem distracted, that is why. Just trying to keep the show alive. Sleeping there have been some barn burner of games. Like I'm talking like low scoring, like 60 50 games. We got 54 49. I was say Wisconsin. Uh, I was say it was in another barn burner with LSU. Uh, some UCLA Big Ten football was, games. 
Yeah, UCLA was in a barn burner with Akron. Is it a barn burner when it's like high scoring? I think barn burner means it's close. Just like just low score. I call barn burners just low scoring. Interesting. Worst hmm. game of the weekend by far for me that was Loyola <laughs> Chicago versus Ohio State. And if at Thabin's definition of barn burners, low scoring, that game was that garbage. is Guys, taking I'm, the crown. All right, I've looked it up. We can this is, so we just we just went through Evans Urban Dictionary. Barn burner, the definition is, is an event, typically a sports contest that is very exciting or intense. So yeah. not barn burners. See, I'm the complete opposite. I'm my barn burners are just <laughs> watching paint dry games. Yes. That's, that's what they Arkansas, were. Arkansas, New Mexico State. Yeah. You. Um, yeah, you undersold Teddy Allen when you talked to us about the Nebraska transfer. I didn't realize it was that guy. That guy's a bucket. You said he sucked, and then well, he, he just did goes out Nebraska, there and balls correct. out. Well, UConn's also dead to me, and they're always overrated. So I could so care less Wyoming, about that stupid program. Wyoming, UConn, dead. Yes. Uh, Fran McCaffrey is a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I mean, come on. Are we wrong? No. No. I mean – no, I mean they also. He just them. doesn't have it in mind. They lost to a team that only got in the field because they won the conference tourney. Yes, Richmond and, was a six seed in the Atlantic Ten. And Richmond got murdered by Providence the next game. It just shows how bad they are. No, was, Providence is good. Was there a worse game to watch for your soul though than Chattanooga? Chattanooga Illinois game mm. led all game long just to I mean, lose. The noobs were up the whole game. We were willing it away in Barrio, and we get back and just to see a great finish. But I mean, like, I'll be honest, I took it for granted once we left Barrio. I kind of chalked it up as a Chattanooga win, basically, in my mind. And I got back, and it was a tight game. I go, oh no. I thought there was sure. no way Chattanooga lost. No. Um, overall conference, because people love to overreact to conferences in the tournament, which is fair and unfair. But the ACC conference stock is a little bit up compared to what we thought, and the SEC stock is down. Stock is down bad for the SEC. They stunk this tournament. They just have Arkansas left, right? Yeah. God, that's gross. Mm. I have to apologize to Houston. I was wrong about them. They're a tough mother effing team. They just miss shots, but grab all the misses. Yeah, they're pretty good. And Illinois stinks. So I guess I maybe I shouldn't apologize too much. Do you know Rick Barnes is 25 and 25 in the tournament in his career? The So. <laughs> Wow. I heard that stat. Is that like Jeff bad. Fisher? Jeff Fisher of NCAA basketball? <laughs> you yeah. can you can argue it. Spin zone, 25 wins is a lot. <laughs> okay, Tennessee fans are like, yeah, 25 wins is a lot. <laughs> yeah, but you also have 25 losses and you haven't got anywhere with that. I mean, he was with Texas, Texas for a while, but yeah. I have one question for you guys. I'm very curious because I was looking at the bracket. I'm trying not to look at the bracket because I think it might give it away if you look at it while I ask it, but... There's one team in this field that will be forgotten about that's already forgettable. That like you'll be like, oh, that team was in this tournament because they just had zero storyline to them done in the first game. You can't even remember they were in this tournament. Any guess? We're supposed to guess. Yeah. Like who do you think is like think which I guess is a conundrum because you wouldn't remember them because they are just they weren't even in this thing, essentially. Is it a high seed or low seed? Okay, so it's not a 16 or like one of those seeds. It's a, it's a, it's a team, a household name team. You know who they are. They just are super unforgettable in what happened this weekend. Might as well not even have been there. Probably. Who got blown out? Um, did San Diego State get blown out? 
No, they choked away like a 25 point lead or something like not 25. That would have been a record, but they choked away hugely against Creighton and they went to overtime and lost. Mm. So they did leave their impact on this tournament. And I want the audience to be thinking as well. And they're probably someone's probably screaming it in their car right now. Who did Miami beat in the first game? They beat USC. Boba USC. Just an absolute ref job. There's something that's infuriating. The ref jobs are in every single game. Yes, was it foul? I don't know. But do you blow the whistle at the end of the game? Then Bobarowski calling three fouls in a row in the Michigan State Duke game. Good for you, man. You looked up at the clock and it was like, oh, Duke has seven. Michigan State has four. Let's even this out. <laughs> no, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. No, it's not. I'm still grinding man. away with my gigabytes situation. It is. You guys want the answer? I know the answer. You know it? I, I have a second guess. Can I have the conference? Uh, no. I think it's Grant's favorite conference in the Alabama. Biggest. No, who did North Carolina play in the first game? Marquette. It's Marquette. Marquette yeah. wasn't even in the tournament. <laughs> Marquette got beat by 30. It was go- it was a gone in the first half. Everyone was like, all right, North Carolina's gonna be good. Watch out, Baylor. And Marquette was just forgotten about instantly in this tournament. And I was looking at the bracket, I was like, Marquette was in this thing? Damn. They were there. Shaka Smart played in this game. 95-63 opening round. See ya. Shaka uh, Smart Ed. I'm off the Shaka Smart train. I've been off for a couple of years. Feels good that Texas won the first game against Virginia Tech. Everybody was high on Virginia Tech. Nope, I saw that. I saw that red line right there. Not to Texas for sure win. I was pulling for Virginia Tech in my covers pool, and I am out of my covers pool after a one and four record. So random draw, you know, one 16 people, one team in each region have to cover. It was a weird dynamic with the narrative that got me thinking, Evan, the narrative of teams that win their conference tournament are super dangerous because a lot of them lost and a lot of teams that fumbled down the stretch ended up winning i mean like what gonzaga probably has like a good record because they won their tournament like every yeah. year um, but other than that you probably like i want to see a team that won their conference tournament and like made it to like the final four besides yukon in like 2012 or whatever year that was with kemba like tennessee lost michigan state made the final four when they won the big 10 tournament in 2019 I think okay, Michigan, okay. <laughs> Pump us up a little more, Alex. Yeah, I talk th- about that. I think Michigan did an 18. I think Just the 18 saying. team won like a bunch of games in a row. But for this tournament specifically, like teams that won it, their tournaments lost left and right, it felt like. Virginia Tech, Tennessee. Yeah. Arizona's still alive, I guess. Tennessee won the conference tournament. Ah, Villanova's still alive. We're just Villanova ourselves. Well, ah, Kansas won their conference tournament. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, okay. it's just not real. Hey, it's just like the hot picks. Kansas should be out, though. Kansas should be out. Oh, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. Iowa yes. was the big one. The hot Iowa picks. Virginia Tech were like the hot picks. Everybody else had like higher seeds. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any oh, Guys, I did it. Yes, I figured it out. Emptied the trash. Oh, that's you got to do that, man. It makes a cool sound effect, too. Well, it's still emptying. We're at 2,500 items deleted. Oh, I might have deleted too much because I panicked. Imagine if that was like physical trash 2,000 items in a trash bin just sitting there waiting. Well, that's it's that's only half. Oh, there's no noise. Everything's gone. That would smell so bad in person if that was real. We have 14 days free. 
All right, we're back. All right, did you have any thoughts, Alex? Because you were just kind of <laughs> in the torture. Thoughts. <laughs> My favorite team throughout the regular season, other than Michigan State, laid a dud against New Mexico State. We kind of talked about that. It's disappointing. Um, Murray State, everyone thought, you know, they were a shoe in for the Sweet 16 after 15, whatever, St. Whatever won. Let down spot, loss. Evan talked me out of a heater, disappointing mm. part of the weekend. Um, and then also I did something dirty against my allegiance. I uh, I bet Michigan money line when they were down like six or eight with like five minutes to go. Iconic and bet. It, and it worked out for me. So, you know, I can thank Michigan for one thing. Money. <laughs> yep, money. I had something else, but I can't remember. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, the announcers for some of the games, like, oh, yeah, I miss Vern and I miss Gus Johnson. I want those guys back. They're seasoned veterans. They know what they're doing. Also, I have a question. Is Jim Nance losing it a little bit? He doesn't seem as sharp. Honey Roma's getting him in football season. <laughs> I don't know, Jim. <laughs> oh, Nance. Interesting. I guess I didn't notice that. No, I don't think so. I think he's just trying to get more excited, I guess. I don't know. There's it three things. doesn't sound authentic. I think there's three names that you get excited when they're on your game that I determined from this tournament, and it's Jim and that main crew, and then Harlan, and then yeah. Ian Eagle. Those three guys, I'm like, yes, yeah. I'm in for a those, good game. Those three are solid. Everyone else. Yes. And also the studio sets. There's I didn't even catch. Once we got to the weekend, I did my best to avoid the like overload one with Rex Chapman on it. I didn't want any part of that studio crew. That crew stunk. Give me like Chuck and Charles doesn't watch uh, any college basketball. But that's and fine. Has no clue. That's fine. On. At least he's like funny. And he also made the world's worst bracket. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Uh, Vital had Iowa and Kentucky in the championship game. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's dumb. I mean, for Dickie V. Is that a great look? Oh, <laughs> Dick. You're okay, man. <laughs> Don't laugh because he said Dick Grant. How old are you? You're the one coming from the guy who calls Dickinson Dick because you think it's funny. <laughs> it is. It's it the is really funny. Too. It's like the emphasis on the yeah, D. Like dick man. <laughs> the dick man. Um. All right. Let's hop into our individual teams. So we'll start with MSU. Now, obviously, there was two games, Davidson and Duke, but obviously, I was thinking about this, like, the Davidson game just feels like it was years ago because you just focused on the Duke game. So I will let you guys hammer out however you want to do this for your re- reactions to either of those I think, games. Uh, Evan, you need to sing your praises about Milkman Boss Baby. It's your time. It just He's a talented player, and he finally balled out. I mean, there's not much that, to say. I mean, that's it. You're not going to tell everyone he's better than Chet. I mean, he is better than Chet. I mean, that's just a given. We've all seen that the entire year. Clip that. Clip that. We've all seen that the entire year. Chet almost had a quadruple double. He gets, Joey Hauser would average a triple double in the West Coast Conference too. Wow. And that's wow. a that's a foul. Wow. You love that guy. Conference ain't any better than the Atlantic Ten. You think Joey Hauser would average a triple double on Gonzaga? Gonzaga is good, Evan. You have to accept it. So, Luke, you what? can talk about the game now. I mean, 
when we just started the Davidson game. I mean, that was it does feel like a long time ago, Grant. It really does. But I mean, the blaring takeaway from the Davidson game was Joey Hauser, of course. I mean, it was wow, and the solution. The salute. Okay. Did he even do anything that game? Yes, Evan. He's he's crucial to the Michigan State success. Well, didn't show what did, against Duke. What did Hauser start? Oh, off? actually, that's not true. No. Did Hauser not. start off eight eight against Davidson? That was yes. so. Yes. I mean, it was just like, wow, is every shot going to fall? I, I've never seen anything like that in college, to be honest. I mean, eight, in the, especially in the tournament game. I mean, that was really impressive to see. That's like some Christian Laner against Kentucky type stuff where you just don't miss and go for 20 plus. Yeah. It, that game he was built for that matchup. The Davidson game, though, is like, it was one of those games where you're watching, it's like, you're comfortable the whole time because, you know, we're, we're playing decent. But then it got to the point, it's like, we actually have a chance to really lose this game. And that's like the worst feeling whenever watching games and it's just, you're comfortable, you're comfortable, you're comfortable. And it's like, wow, like we gotta, we gotta really close out here, fellas. I mean, let's go. Evan, your thoughts on Foster as a lover of him. Evan, you're alive, man. Are you frozen? He looks like a frozen. He's a thousand percent frozen. Frozen ice cream. Like, wow. You're uh, really still. I'll, I'll, my thought was looking back at the box score for that one, and I know how the Duke game went. Is Gabe Brown had a nice shooting tournament from three point range, so good for Gabe Brown. He did shoot eight times against Davidson. I'm just looking at that now from three. That is quite a bit. Yeah, you'll take thirty eight percent rounded up though. You know, yeah, yeah, you probably would take that. Thirty eight percent is a good good three point shooting, respectable. And Evan's back. No one gets back in the zoom faster than Evan. It's unbelievable. Uh, Alex asked you about Foster Lawyer, Evan. Your thoughts? Uh, on before that, Lawyer. though, Hogard did have 14 points, second leading scorer on the team, six of nine from the field. I wasn't talking about that game. Just, uh, but yeah, Evan Foster Lawyer. Um, thoughts? I I told I the preview show. I told you what was going to happen. He's not going to do that much to affect the game. He had his three of his points came on uh, the last one of the last second shots or whatever. Um, it's a bad matchup for him against Hogarth and Tyson Walker. They're very good defensively. And so it was more of a, their forwards and obviously their center that went off in the second half. And he did as best as he could. He didn't really have that many turnovers. Um, yeah, he tripped and fell on the baseline, but he called the timeout and they gave it to him after this should have been a travel. I don't think you can hate him. Yeah, he left and he succeeded. So I have nothing bad against him. Would you rather have Foster Lawyer or A.J. Hogarth on your team? Dang. I'm just saying somebody needs to shoot the free throws down the stretch. Mm. Answer the question. <laughs> Masterful of dancing around that. I'll take Hogarth. Okay, good for you, man. The solution. To next year, I guess, because we didn't win anything this year. Correct. Do you want us to go to Duke or do you want to go to your Michigan-Colorado State before that? Oh, I don't hate that. That's probably a good way to break it up. First round since those sure. were like months ago. Sure. Um, Michigan, Colorado State. There's a real, I mean, Alex is, is going to, I know Alex, I'll M&M it for you. You're just going to say, oh, I knew they'd come back. But I mean, if I'm being I honest, I'm not that type of fan. Watching this team all year, when they were down 13, I definitely thought it was going to be too much because at that point, Colorado State was shooting the lights out of the basketball. And then Michigan at least did go on a little bit of a run to make it seven to end the half. But when you're down 13 points in a tournament game, you're just thinking the worst. Like I was thinking what I was going to say in the post game reaction of like, 
this team needs to hit the portal and find a three and D wing guy so bad. Like I had that written out ready to go for this team dead 13 down and Caleb Houston came alive in the second half, made three threes, like within a five minute span yelling to himself as he does just talk, you know, talking to himself when he makes them. Um, I don't know. It just, and then obviously Dickinson came alive a little bit there in the second half, which helped. And then that was a big Frankie Collins game. That was, he did have a good impact in the Tennessee game, but his key role was scoring 14 points in that game, making a three in the corner, which he usually never does. Doesn't shoot many threes. He's not a great three point shooter, but he made one there. And they just, it was crazy that they were down 13 and came back to cover in that game. It was like definitely the tale of two halves tale of their season roller coaster ride. So it was an exciting game. It was it was maddening in the beginning when Colorado State could not miss a shot. I'll tell you that. I bet. But the size advantage down low, you could tell, was it was a big factor. And I did not expect that out of Frankie Collins. So I'll, I'll say that. Good for him. I told you about him, Alex. You know that. That's yeah, you're uh, you've been an advocate for him all year. Yeah, good, no, good for you. Not, now some tough genius. Now some tough decisions are going to have to be made in their future games, but we'll get to that later. Game singular, right? Chop. I don't have much on the Michigan Colorado State game. Before being honest, I was at work. I was. <laughs> I watched that game at work, and I I want to be honest. I started the tournament off with a Boise State Colorado State parlay. Um, mm, nice. That was that, that was real juicy. I that, I, I sent a text to uh, Alan. Uh, Evan about the sharp who contacted my dad and said, this is the picks. I'm like, all right, I'm going to ride this. Wasn't even close. (laughs) (laughs) To get to the free throw line was very impressive. I mean, they got big that you could really see the size advantage and, you know, who was, who was the better team. You know, that's what it came down to. Great draw for Michigan. Great draw. (laughs) Non-power five, top six seed. Conference to chop the Mountain West. They stunk. Bad. Did they win a game? I don't nope. think so. Oh, for four and see it. Evan, you got anything on it? Um, unfortunately, didn't get to see much of the game. Oh, you were I belligerent. Saw 30 seconds. No, I was at class, Alex. Um, oh. And then I traveled to get belligerent, correct. Um, so I did not see much of any of the game. I saw like the end, like, I don't know, so probably like four or five minutes left thinking Colorado State could make a run, but Michigan just. Never let them give them a chance. Never got them back into it. And Colorado State was a jump shooting team, which 100% gave advantage to Michigan. As they were saying on the broadcast, like, there's a shot up. And once again, no Colorado State players going in for a defensive rebound or offensive rebound, uh, which clearly is a reason why Michigan won. It is what it is, I guess. Michigan came out a little bit slower in the first part. because They did the- look nervous. Uh, early game. Um, I think Colorado State probably had a little more juice, you know, but all in all, Michigan's bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic than they should have won that game. And they were favored, so good for them. Evan, real quick, I just turned up my headphones. Is there like a tapping sound in your room? Yeah, it's the rain on my window. Oh, okay, gotcha. I apologize. No, it's, I just didn't know what it was. I didn't know if you were tapping. I was like, oh, but I forgot that it is raining. Stop the rain, Evan. <laughs> I'm, I worked on it. My God. <laughs> Then we go Michigan State Duke. The, mm. the game of the tournament, the most watched game of the tournament. Alex is a massive S. Oh, <laughs> <Earth> control. 
Take your first control, Grant. Alex is a massive uh, ratings guy. So this well, is we're probably, our brand. It's, probably, it's our brand. Probably just an absolute. Can't say that word. Absolute lovely sight to see for him that this game had 11 million, 11.2 million. Well, it's it. actually a little frustrating because you know that the committee just put us in the same region with Duke three times in a row because they know the ratings that this game grabs. And so, you know, is it a little disappointing that we didn't get to play Auburn or even Kentucky, you know, because those two seeds stink? Yes, but it was the most watched game of the tournament. I think people need to know that so far. To be fair, though, I'd much rather we have to play Duke than uh, Auburn or Kentucky with the draw so yeah alex that seemed kind of puddled that you're like upset that like you're scared of duke i'm not scared of duke i okay, had no good. reason to be <laughs> good no good. just I, it's, it's annoying that to be in their bracket in their region every single year it feels like it's like come on switch it up i'd love to play the sec sometime hmm. game itself drunk this game was drunk at points no one could miss threes that Talk me through your guys' viewing experience when that was going down towards the what end of the first half there. Frustrating, to be honest. I mean, it was fun to hit a bunch of threes, and then you look at the score. You just had hit seven shots in a row. You look at the score, and you're still down four. And you just wonder, you know, if you didn't make any of those, you'd be down 15. So cool that you were still close. Bad that your defense wasn't getting any stops either. I mean, this was a this was a barn burner. I would say mm-hmm. this was a barn. Burner. This is the definition of a barn burner. This was a barn burner. Oh, and there was even more points in the second four. half. I mean, the score isn't as close as what it actually was. I mean, we failed on the stretch and free throws were out, but obviously the glaring issue was the last four minutes or so, um, twenty to six run. I think it was that Duke went on uh, poor possessions. You can argue substitutions here and there. Um, people wanted Tyson Walker in over Hogard down the stretch, especially when Walker had eight points in a row for us to take the lead. Uh, and then, you know, play calling. I don't think Joey was the main guy on the one that he kind of just threw up, got blocked. Hogard late in the shot clock. Obviously that's what he'd been doing all game, but still poor shot selection. Um, you'd like to see them draw up something a little bit better than that. And then clearly our defense was pretty bad all game. Um, gave up 51% from the field. Yeah. Marble struggled mightily down low. The, the, the guards struggled mightily. They got beat off the dribble almost every single time. And yeah, the defense was really bad when you give up 85 points. But Duke is one of the most efficient offensive teams in the country, and they have NBA talent all over the floor. So it was never a great matchup. But uh, I thought that we should also mention Max Christie's late little blunder. Um, He looked like a freshman quite a bit there. And that was uh, kind of uh, the epitome of his season. He hit some big shots in this game, and then he just makes some – error that just leaves you sitting there like what what are you doing you know we're 35 40 games in almost and you can't just throw the ball to the other team without even thinking to take a dribble or i don't know if we had a timeout probably not but there had to be a better option than just staring the guy down and throwing it away 
and I thought it's more frustrating because I thought after him doing that once or twice in the Big Ten tournament that like he would have ingrained what to do to get out of that situation. But I mean, it's like once a game with him. It just he fell back on his habits of it earlier in the year, and to make sense, it was probably it was the biggest moment of his playing career, and it just. There's a there's an out there like oh freshman mistake but it just kind of sucks as a fan you're just like oh a freshman mistake anything else there would have been better than what happened yeah yeah and uh, to Evan's point also the not having Hogarth in over Walker yeah I could see wanting to have Walker in maybe just have both Walker and Hogarth in and no Max Christie in that situation but you know that could have worked as well yeah I mean that Christie pass I mean. It, it left, I'll be honest, it left a dent in mine and Evan's freezer, like the normal. <laughs> That's how bad that was. Oh, like, you did. You did freak out at that moment. It I looked remember. like a junior high quarterback with Jalen Ramsey, you know, playing corner on just staring a receiver down on a slant. I, I, I just, I mean, I watched the recap not too long before we got on here, and it, he s- was staring him down for three, four seconds before he even passed the ball. I mean, he was trapped along the sideline. He had, there was much rather him do anything else besides that. I mean, was bad throwing it towards he the made, opponent team basket also was he, never terrible he caught. made he made tom hit the surrender cobra it was that bad yeah exactly he just was instant hands on his head it's like oh my god i can't believe he just did that speaking of that how about tom's uh maniacal laughs at bo borowski's clown show that he was putting on the court you what laugh joke. gotta laugh what a joke that guy is tom's been dealing with both for years and he just knows he knows how bad he is and he knew what was going to expect and i know tom made a comment beforehand is like, oh, I know how to talk to him. He also, Tom, knows what he's going to expect from a Big Ten ref. Yeah. Yeah, it was a joke. The, what do we think of Paolo? He's very, very good. He's some of his, especially slashing. I mean, he's a bigger dude, but incredibly athletic going to the rim. I mean, it, it's impressive. We saw it time and time again. I mean, they had, what, 40-some points in the paint against us, I think. We got outscored almost double in the paint. In watching some of the guards, especially Paulo, get to the rim was impressive, but very frustrating at times. They he, seemed like they made everything. He reminds me of Cade Cunningham, but with a big butt here. I don't think he has the same level of dog in him, at least at this point in his career. Because like Cade Cunningham is taking the shot that Roach took in that situation, and Paulo just passed out of it. And Roach, <laughs> that kid played very well and made the shot. But I say Cade because Paolo seems like he's moving in slow motion, but he just gets to where he wants to go and like knows how to finish at weird angles. He settles a little too much too, and he's he's streaky from three. Like he got hot there, and then he also can miss a lot because his percentage on the year is not fantastic. Yeah, I mean they had four or five starters go fifteen or more points. I didn't know that. My, now. I had two thoughts as an outside, and I was kind of thinking back of just the bigger storylines for Michigan State. I want your guys' opinions on them. Is and we have some listener ones too that we can fire through. But my biggest one is like this game, state is up five with five to go, and a mix of grit on defense and then finishing <sighs> on offense kind of combined there for that run to happen. And I just want to know as you sit here today, and we'll talk about it more in the offseason, but who will be Michigan State's closer next year? Who's closing the games on offense? It's tough to say without knowing who's going to be on the roster. Who's going to be on the roster? Well, there's going to be someone new. Is it a guy on the roster? Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Tyson Walker. I think he's shown that he has the ability to be that guy at the end of games. 
Um, he's just got to trust himself more, and hopefully he gets to that point. So, But if I had to guess, probably him. I could see a couple other people. But I'll let them go first. Yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, I'd, I would go with one of the guards, either Al's solution in AJ or Walker. Yeah. I mean, you'd like it to be a guy like Max Christie. I mean, you know his ceiling. You know what he's capable of. I mean, he's got a pretty stroke, you know. But as we saw this year, he really struggled. And it's – I mean, he just looked young out there. So, you got to hope he can, you know, put the pounds on, get better, get more consistent. And he can be that guy because I, I tell you, that would be my hope. But what I think will be is one of the guards. 100% agree. We saw a little bit of that at, towards the end of the year of putting the ball in uh, – Walker or Hogarth's hands, I think would be one of them. This is whoever has a hot hand. Uh, you saw it in the Purdue game, Hogarth. Yes, Tyson Walker was injured, but I don't think Hogarth would have came out of that game. And then you saw Tyson Walker at the end of like Purdue and Illinois. So whoever has a hot hand, I think they can create, you know, high ball strings that we saw like Cassius Winston be able to do. Um, I would say that's going to be a recipe for success, but you're not going to really see it that much in the offseason or I'm not the offseason, but like non-conference play, maybe like some big time non-conference opponents, but when you're facing, you know, Western Michigan, you're probably not going to see that much. You can probably stick to running your own same set plays. It's just the big 10 play. That's when you're going to need somebody to step up. And do you think uh, Max Christie can make the Johnny Davis jump? Maybe not as extreme, but I mean, Johnny Davis is really similar career arc. Isn't Johnny Davis a true freshman right now? Sophomore. sophomore. I would say not as extreme. He's not going to be all Big Ten player um, like Keenan Murray He's not going to be the Big Ten player Johnny of the Davis year, but can he be all-conference? Yes, he can be all-conference. I think he can make a jump like uh, Gary Harris made. Um, High praise. Yeah. They're both five stars coming out, both from Indiana. You know, kind of a defense and then a three-point shooter. Gary shot a little bit better in the Big Ten play. It was more valuable. Um, but there's no reason why Max Christie can't develop even more. Yeah, I mean, he can make the jump. It's just how how far he makes that leap, you know. I mean, we aside from the shooting and everything, I mean, we we talked about like him on the floor at all times. I mean, he's out there all the time, all the time, and it's for his defense. He's guarding the most athletic player. I mean, him. One one thing I'd like to see him work on more, especially aside from shooting, is getting to the hoop. I mean, we see he can jump out of the gym. I mean, he's an athletic freak. He needs to put on the pounds. He does. His ceiling's very high. I mean, he could definitely make a serious jump, you know, but we'll see what happens. There's a chance for him. And the interesting thing, too, about the question I asked is because if I had asked you guys this question in December, say it's like no brainer Malik Hall at one point in the season, it was Malik Hall. And that's why it's something to monitor when you think about this team, because every team has a closer for, for the most part. Every team has that guy that's like they want to draw play for. And I think that's a very interesting thing for this team because they're going to need one, especially, you know, as they get better and have a have a better chance of going deeper in the tournament even more next year. Like a guy will have to develop. And that kind of leads into one listener question we had. Someone was curious. What do you guys think the odds are percentage wise that Malik Hall would transfer from this team? Low. Under under twenty percent, ten percent maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's low. I mean, obviously, he's probably pretty frustrated. You know, when he was playing very well, he wasn't getting the starts. You know, he wasn't. Minutes stayed the same. I mean, I think that was a a scheme thing though for Tom. I mean, I trust Tom, but I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he'd do that. I think he's staying right here. I think he knows his role. 
I'll say less than 5%. percent give it a 2% chance. Uh, he was a team captain this year. Um, his friends are on the team. I don't see why he wouldn't. I think he would understand and he knows how he played down the stretch. And I don't think he would place blame on anybody else. And then he's going to have a different role with Joey not being here next year. So I think he knows that and sees that. I, I don't think he's going to transfer. I just don't know what the purpose of him transferring would be. Is he? He's. I don't see any reason for him to like transfer down to like a Davidson, like Foster. There's no reason for him to do that. But you never know. But I would say it's doubtful. And then speaking of the transfer portal, someone will want to know. It's very early, but everyone loves in college sports now with the portal. Is there anyone you guys have seen that you really want? Or is it still like you want to see what other names pop out there before you guys go make a splash? Bridges. So I like, like Bridges, and I like the big center from uh, Utah Valley that we're not going to get. Yeah. But it'd be cool. Yeah. And then there's going to be a million other people. There's going to be Jalen Bridges is a small forward forward from West Virginia, um, immediately eligible, two years left. And then the center that Alex was talking about, Fordwas. Um, I'm butchering his name so bad. <laughs> I love it. I was like, also, I'm isn't everybody everybody's immediately eligible now if they haven't transferred yet? Correct. So you I'm just telling once, you, you know, just um, making sure that I'm. He's a center, six eleven. He padded his stats. Whatever conference Utah Valley plays in, mm. for me, it's too early to tell to decipher and pick out kids. Um, there's a kid from Alabama, super athletic, 6'8", but I think we need more of a post player, not another 6'8", power forward. Um, but I always be looking to add like a wing player and a and a center. I, my, my personal preference, I'd be going for center first, uh, a post player, and then you could figure out the guard rotation easily. If that means Hogarth, Tyson Walker have to play more, that means Jaden Nathan's and Max Tracy have to play more, then so be it. You do not uh, need a guard. I would be stunned if we brought. You're in a also guard. bringing in. You're also bringing in a guard. Yes, we are bringing in a center, but I think depth wise, I don't think Bingham's coming back. Um, and defensively, I don't think you've seen enough from Marble to Sissoko to be confident in going in next year. And one brief thing that my is my kind of last point to touch on that is no matter what kind of big man they get or wing player, there needs to be an emphasis back on the Michigan state teams of their identity of like the grit toughness rebounding. I went back through college basketball reference and just looked at their game logs of when they out rebounded their opponent and they, yeah, Michigan state out rebounded their opponent in 21 of 36 games. And you have to think that like a lot of those are against your non-conference cupcakes adding into the 21. And I just think for this team to get back to where they need to get, just that needs to be much farther away from 50-50 than it was this year. And I think that'll be something just to look for early on the season. Like, what is the intensity level of this team? Who they bring in the portal? Like, do they just get, like, a dog to come in and grab rebounds for them and whatnot? Because I think they're missing that a lot. Yep. I mean, I think the intensity was a lot better the last two weeks. But you can't have a stretch of two months where your hustle and – you know, motivation is questioned every game, mm-hmm. but at least we saw at the end of the season that there is, you know, fight in this, in these dudes. Yeah. James, whoever we get in because based off of the transfers that we have brought in over the past year. So it usually works out. Yeah. And it was good to see them play like 
you know, a really good competitive game to go out on, not just like a lay down and blow out game. So that's their silver lining there to build off of. So for Michigan hoops, the Tennessee game, I mean, there's a bunch of different angles, but the main three bullet points at the top of my head when I sat down today were Dickinson had a stretch there where he was just taking over this game and kept them in it as Michigan was still trying to figure out how to stop Tennessee on defense. Eli Brooks turned into a closer that I hadn't really seen a lot in his career because he'd always kind of been that glue guy. But with Devontae Jones out, he stepped up and had 23 points. Diabate also played solid. He was kind of slept on. Terrence Williams, another guy that just made Evans guy. Evans guy. He just he's an enigma. He sometimes you don't really know some, but more and more lately, he just comes, whether it be threes in a game, comes flying in for rebounds in this game to help save it. And then there's also one point on the other side of just how March works. There were a lot of wide open threes that Tennessee missed down the stretch. They missed three or four. Um, the little point guard Ziegler missed two of them in like one possession. And, you know, you watch it back like I did. I'm like, damn, like I can't, I wasn't, I don't know what I was feeling in the moment, but it's just like they kept missing. And I just took it for granted that they kept missing those. So that was a huge part in Michigan being able to hold on there at the end. Um, um, what were your thoughts when Eli Brooks threw, uh, threw up the hook shot? Crazy. I just, I immediately thought of Xavier Simpson because I was like, that's what that reminds me of. Like, Spider-Man. I just saw his G League highlight tape of him just yeah. throwing up hook shots. And he can't shoot. It's a stunning thing to try. If, he can't and I've shoot. Never seen that's Brooks why I just say it out loud, Alex. He can't shoot. He physically can't shoot. Simpson, Evan. You don't I'm have to get in your, You don't have to get in your hate mode. I am in my hate mode. Xavier Jeff Jackson Simpson. Yep, Jeff um, Jackson. Actually, the craziest thing about it is I heard Eli talking about it. And he said, like, he didn't even take the angle. He didn't get, he beat, he had a nice dribble move to get to that point. He didn't get to the angle he wanted. He wanted to bank it. And at that point, he knew the shot clock was down. And he, so he went to the hook shot, which they've like worked on, but he's never really shown that much in a game. He is good at like weird finishes around the rim. Um, this is a hat tip to Dylan Burkhart of UM Hoops. That was Eli Brooks's only isolation basket of this whole year so far. The only time he's ever gone ISO on a guy in that moment. And the kid made the shot to go up for. So it's just ultimate, like, that's what he came back for. Uh, I feel happy for him. As, as bad as I feel for Devontae Jones having to miss these games with this injury, uh, you feel just as that level of good for a kid like Eli Brooks for just letting his nuts drop in this game and making. And also, it's funny because with Kawhi and other guys in the NBA, the, the return of the mid-range game, Eli Brooks is the return of the mid-range. That kid just comes off screens and hits those elbow jumpers when you need them most at the end of games. Kind of like Tyson Walker will do sometimes for state. And it's just like, it's good to see that that part of the game is still there in basketball. How old is Eli? 27? Probably not as old as we think, but he's definitely he's the winningest player in program history because he's just racked at those wins. He's been uh, in college a long 20, time. 23, which is crazy. He's still younger than, than me, but 23. Crane, you graduated college like three years ago. <laughs> um, any big thoughts you guys had from this game? No, just the um, hook shot. Hook shot was crazy. Yeah, you did touch on, like, Tennessee missing some, but also, okay, defense in multiple guys for them. Only made two. They were two for 18 from three-point line. They shot 41% while you guys shot 50. Um, Death, we had talked about it all year. Vernon Johns, he played eight minutes, but didn't really do anything. He recorded a steal um, and a foul, so good for him. He's technically in the stat book. Um, And then Caleb Houston um, could be a matchup problem, but he stunk. 
um, 0 for 4, 0 for 3 from three-point range, uh, zero points. Devontae Jones did play, but I think he was still concussed. What, you can say what do you want about it. He only played 11 minutes. I think those minutes will go up in the Villanova game. Well, he got, like, re-injured, so I think it sounds like he's going to be cleared to play. But, yeah, he was just taking a beating when he was out there. He got elbowed. He's been hurt by Musa Diabate twice in this last week. Mm. Musa elbowed him in practice, and he elbowed him into the game. And uh, you're <laughs> lucky that Musa was the one that injured him, not Brandon Jones. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's good to see Frankie Collins play. I mean, your death, I mean, come to March, like, you're going to play who you trust, and obviously you don't need to play 10 guys. So playing seven guys is totally fine, especially if – Dickinson doesn't get into foul trouble. Here's um, the here's the tough thing that I want to jump off of that, Evan, when you say Frankie's name, is this is the dilemma I'm facing for this Villanova game that we'll preview a little bit. Is like Michigan's defense is better with Frankie Collins on the floor. I know their offense struggles a little bit, but their defense is 100% better because he is the most... Mm, Moose is pretty athletic, but Frankie is definitely one at B most athletic player on this team in terms of jumping and in terms of like lateral quickness. And he was the perfect matchup to try to stay in front of the Tennessee guards as best as he could. Now, obviously, Tennessee got to the rim a lot off of ball screens, but Frankie can like guard someone one-on-one with anyone in the country. Devontae Jones is big, but he's slow. So there's a give and take there. And now I'm just in a mental pretzel of like, what do I want their minute rotations to look like in this upcoming game? And it's kind of a good problem to have, but it's definitely something that I have my eye on because Michigan's defense has been bad all year, and that's why they've lost a lot of games. But they held Tennessee to under 70 points, and they played good defense overall against Colorado State. And Frankie Collins has a very large part in that. And now I'm just confused as what to do if I'm the coaches. You just got to trust Juwan. You, you got to trust your guy. You do have to. I, I'm very curious to see what the minutes breakdown looks like. January, February, Martelli. Ah, that's a joke, Evan. Relax. What would you guys do? Would you guys just, would you guys? I ride the hot hand. I am riding Frankie Collins. So you'd play like Frankie Collins. Yeah. It's like 30 minutes. What do you got in the last two games? I don't know about 30. 25. Um, at some point, right. you're going to need like the offense here and there. But yeah, 20, 22 minutes. If Devontae Jones is a full go, then you play him 15 or so minutes, 18 minutes. And then you deal with what Frankie Collins you got. got. I don't oh. think a lot. Eli Brooks, I mean, he might. I don't think he's going to play 39 minutes again um, against Villanova, um, but he also could. So there could be like substitutions there where Collins and Jones are on the court at the same time. And if it's too, the moment's too big for Collins, you can always pull him. It's not like you have to start the game and say, you know what, Frankie Collins has to play 31 minutes. You never have to do that. So, you know, it's probably a feel thing. But I'd, I'd ride Collins to start. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, and if you have to fix it, you can fix it. You know, yeah. given you guys healthy. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on though is if Dickinson's getting to the line ten times and he's shooting eighty percent from the line, I mean it's going to be very difficult for Michigan to lose. I mean, just his ability to get hacked down low and get to the line as a finisher. You know, it's I hate to say, it, but it is impressive. You know, he gets the superstar calls. He does. He's, he's and he's huge. He is massive. He's. He's playing unbelievable. He's vaulted. He's a very good player. All my like all-time Michigan players in the tournament awards, like the last two games. There was a, I mean, end of the first half, start the start of the second half when we couldn't get a stop, and he was just the full arsenal: threes, like deep floaters, and one dunk tip, whatever that was. After the guy gave him the too small, like that big man battle was awesome there for a little bit. 
and it was unreal. Um, Can't wait for him to go to the NBA. His haircut stinks. He's he's going to be in his the haircut NBA. haircut is really bad. His I like it's bad, Grant. I like I like when he shaves it. He does that for the tournament. He shaves it all. Oh. I like it. He, it. I think his hair beforehand was a lot better. Oh, I think he looks way more hateable when he has like the like boy band flow with the penis head. He looks ma- much more hateable. And you know what he did, guys? He got white shoes, so he looks less goony than the all black ones. It was a very smart move to do. His haircut. That is erased all of that. That's he fine. I love it. I love having the villain on my team. Like I've accepted well, everyone hates him. Enjoy and- it. You have one more game with him. Wow, you think it's a lock, villain? Or- wow. Well, um, you told me it's a lock. So no, I, I've. I fully talked myself into them being able to win the game over the week. (laughs) Right. A couple big picture things before we get to that last part of Villanova is big picture. I mean, we talk about team stature in college basketball. I feel like this last run with them getting to the Sweet 16, I know Sweet 16 is blah, blah. It's still impressive to get there five in a row. I feel like it puts them in this like new tier. The Titus and Tate show, the college basketball show, they call them new bloods or like newer schools that are arising like in the um not a blue blood because they don't have all the history michigan doesn't but like you put michigan up there with the gonzagas the texas texas techs virginias and baylors two of those teams have won titles so they're a little bit above because you get that title but like michigan's in that new tier of like team that's just you expect them to be in march and you expect them to have success in march and the defining factor was juan's team his second time doing it because you didn't know if oh was it a fluke with the covid year um, and all the other ones were beeline. So I think this like last one makes me feel comfortable as a fan. Like I am feel good about this program going forward, that they're in good hands for sure. Cause it was like Rocky at times this year, you know, with like on the court, off the court, all that stuff. But that's kind of cement, cemented in my head when I was sitting back thinking about it. Would you be okay if Michigan under Jawan turned into like the Syracuse model where you stink all season long and then you find a way into the tournament and then somehow end up in the final four? Yeah, hundred percent. But like you like suck all the time and you're always on the bubble. Bubble life was exciting. It's like we've been mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been we've I've been living tournament games since February. That you have. You <laughs> have. It's it's more stunning. It's not it's not great. It's a lot of a lot of years off our lives when you're on the bubble. And then my last thing, I this is a probably a one time eh, it could be used for it's called that's a shame segment um don't worry guys you guys i left you guys out of this because you're my friends and we already talked about michigan state um but this was just to illuminate the stretch of big 10 teams this weekend that all took their pot shots at michigan throughout the year we'll start with ohio state who was once a proud football school who lost to michigan in football this year oh, so they God. need we're, they we're need, doing this victory parade <laughs> they needed to rely on Jesus basketball Christ. and you know what they credit to them they beat number one duke early in the year they were ranked ahead of us for all the year. And you know what about Ohio State is they could have ended Michigan's season at home on their senior night without Dickinson. Because if they win that game, Michigan, the way they lost to Indiana, probably doesn't make the tournament. That's a shame, Ohio State. Illinois, Illinois fans who chirped Michigan all year last year about, oh, we deserve to be the regular season champions, blah, blah, blah. You lost to Loyola Chicago last year. This year, you laid an absolute dud. Almost lost to the Nukes, and then you lose to Houston and got absolutely bodied. That's a shame, Illinois. Indiana, what a great Big Ten tournament! We're even bringing them into this because the amount of people I saw online, Indiana fans saying how uh, we should have been higher seeded than Michigan, we just beat them. Not forgetting that Michigan beat them by like eighteen on their home floor earlier in the year. We're better. We're on this run. We're hot right now. 
blah, blah, blah. Indiana, that's a shame. You lost by 30 to a team that Evan said stinks in St. Mary's. <laughs> lost by 30 to St. Mary's. That's a shame. And then last but not least, my most hated team in college basketball, Wisconsin. The team that acted completely innocent and their AD said, we did nothing to escalate any violence in any way. And Brad Davidson, I don't know if you guys have seen that picture, Brad Davidson, when they when they won their first game, they pointed to the bracket and Iowa State was their opponent. He's pointing at it laughing with a big grin on his face. Like We get Iowa State. What a cakewalk. That's a shame that you lost and you played terribly and you're bounced. That's a real shame. That felt good. Okay. Well, that was good. Clearly you haven't... Uh... All right, I'm going to just keep my mouth shut. No, Let's Alex, move on. <laughs> Alex, you can say it. You know, we talked about this. I am. I love to hate watch, and I will say this. You're a receipts Michigan, guy. Michigan you will, are a receipts guy. <laughs> Michigan will probably go through a stretch of terrible karma because I the, hope so. the stretch of Michigan winning on Saturday and then me watching a myriad of Big Ten teams lose that of all I all d- dislike very much losing in order, I'll never, I'll never get that back. That was once in a lifetime. And then when Michigan inevitably loses in this tournament, it'll all come back. But that's fine. That's and you have to enjoy it in the moment. Villanova. Villanova. All right. What do we think about this game? Is it is it any chance for Michigan? Percentage chance for Michigan? If they played 10 times, I think Michigan wins three times. And it's March. So let's cut the games from 10 to 6. So I'd say you have a 50% chance. Wow, that was a weird math you just did there. You just went from 10 to 6, so it's 50. <laughs> yeah, 3 out of 6, 50%. I'm lost with how that computes. Uh, this big brain over here. I'd say like a 40% chance, 42%. Uh, I'm right around the 40%. Um, I think totally, they're not, yes, I think totally two different teams um, in the way they play style. Uh, Michigan gives up more points. They score more points, though. Uh, they shoot better from the field, rebound better, have more assists. Bobo Villanova's won seven in a row. Who's going to guard Dick, though? Generate more steals. And Villanova's guards are a little bit better because Villanova, they don't care who you are. They're going to post you up. They do a lot more isolations. That's why the numbers are down. And then they're just team fundamental. They're going to fundamental you to death in everything that they do, um, especially on the offensive side. They're just pleasing to watch and also infuriating to watch. Um, it's just a matter of Michigan's defense can hold up and just make this game – take this down to the wire, I should say. Um, because for Villanova, I think they only got a couple guys. I would honestly say just Gillespie down the stretch. Um, it's going to hit a big shot. But Villanova also is the best free throw shooting team in the country. So that's, that's definitely going to play a factor in the game. Um, I think the five-point spread is probably a little too high, in my opinion. But you never know um, with the free throws. It's just a matter of Michigan's defense can hold up, in my opinion. You can't Villanova is a coach's dream. Three. You got to let them – Nickel and dime you for tough mid-range jump shots. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan matches up well. It's just a matter of Michigan's guards are going to be able to handle Villanova's guards just posting them up nonstop. Yeah, I take guard play in March. And Villanova's post man, I think he's number like 43. You don't even know his name. Uh, um, Dixon. Yeah, he can shoot from the perimeter. He has done it. 
Um, so that could generate get Dickinson away from the basket, maybe put him in a lot of ball screens. You've seen success other teams doing it. Um, and Jay Wright's one of the best coaches in all of basketball, either college or professional. So you never know. Only if he wears his pinstripe suit. There's no real home advantage. Just down in San Antonio. I'm guessing both teams. That's where that game well. is. Oh, there's an advantage, Evan. That's where the championship game was. So bad juju for Michigan. Oh. Ooh, rematch in the same place. Oh, wow, same city. Oops. Same city. You go hop in. What's your analysis? I put it a 55 45. That's what I'm gonna go with here. 45 being Michigan. I mean, like we like we just talked about. We've seen Dickinson play this this year, this tournament especially. I mean, he's a man amongst boys. I mean, big man Dixon here from Villanova, he's six eight. What are you going to do in the post? I mean, you're going to have to get real physical. You're going to have to draw some doubles on them, you know, something to stop the beast. Uh, but you can't overhelp. I mean, that's something that we sell with Michigan State how many times this year down the stretch with the Purdue game in the Duke game. You mm-hmm. can't overhelp. Overhelping. I mean, if you sign around a guy with shooters, you leave Caleb Houston open in the corner. I mean, watch out. You know what he's capable of. But, uh, I mean, like Evan said, I – Michigan matches up well. I mean, you just got to watch out down the stretch. If you get down, down the stretch, they got a guy like Gillespie who can close out games. I mean, Ohio State was fighting against Villanova, and they couldn't get over that hump because Villanova's built for this. They have a great coach. They, I mean, they're a good team. They're a coach's dream, like Al said. They really are. A couple keys to the game board team with stats is – like Evan said, when it comes down to Michigan's defense, a large point is going to be the three-point line. And that also has to do with just of how hot is Villanova. Because if they get a defense-like performance, you just can't stop that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked again at their game logs. So Villanova has 21 games this year with nine or more threes, which is a ton. 21 times they've gone out there and made his team nine or more. They have 27, add six more, where they have eight or more. And mm-hmm. so Michigan's record when that happens against them, Michigan is four and eight when they have eight or more threes hit against them. And then they're three and six with the nine or more number. Good side is Colorado State hit 12. So there's uh, whatever. It just, if you're giving up eight to nine threes, you're probably losing this game. Um, Michigan's going to have a massive rebounding advantage. Well, they need to have, they have a massive size advantage. They're going to need to translate that to rebound. Musa Diabate is also 6'11". So you have a 6'7 power forward from Villanova and a 6'8 center versus a 6'11 power forward and a 7'1 center. They are going to need to grab boards in numbers. That's when Villanova's gotten in trouble this year when they've got out-rebounded. And then on Michigan's side, they're going to have to make their free throws at just a high clip as Villanova, just shoot better than they normally do from the line because you're going to need to keep the points there. And then lastly, what I looked at a lot of times when Villanova's lost, they haven't lost much this year. When they do, it's when the team against them shoots a minimum of 45% or better as a team from the field. So if you're in one of those just gross shooting nights, which is common sense, but like that's the number to be thinking about in your head, Michigan needs to shoot at least 45% or better, probably 50% as as a team. They're going to need to get like easy buckets down low to make this a game. We're making predictions. Sure. My last, very last thing. I'm very glad that Michigan is playing this team off a week of rest because Villanova is pretty unique in college basketball. They switch everything. They switch every screen. They had Gillespie guarding EJ Liddell in the post off of a switch. Gillespie will be guarding Dickinson in the post at some point in this game. Now what they do is they front the post. 
So that's something unique that Michigan hasn't seen much this year, that Juwan, Howard Isley, Crew, Martelli, they're going to have to work together this week and figure out what actions or sets do we need to get into where we can get the ball to Dickinson and it's not a chore to get him the ball over someone fronting the post because that's going to be very key because that doesn't happen a lot in the Big Ten. People don't front the post a lot in the Big Ten. They just play it up because everyone has big, big guys in the Big Ten. So predictions, Alex. Um, I would like you to start. Tell, to tell the people first. Michigan's going to win. Go first. Let me... I had Villanova um, taking this. I don't think Gillespie is the difference maker, and I think them offensively efficiently enough. Just If Houston can get hot from the perimeter, like Luke said, like doubling, then who are you going to kick it out to? Obviously, you're not going to let Brooks shoot. But if Houston makes the first couple, then look out. But I still like Villanova in this. Um, they're the better overall team throughout the entire year. Probably, I would say, I don't like the points, but I think it's a little too high. I like Villanova by like three. I would say 71, 68. Just a knee buckler. Hold on to your butt cheeks the entire game, Grant. Barn burner. I think it's going to be 79, 72 Villanova, and it's going to be close for 38 minutes. And then Villanova <laughs> is the best free throw shooting team in the country at 80 so something percent. And they are going to make every free throw down the stretch. So is which is why it's going to be a a seven point win, but it's really going to f- be like a Michigan state Duke type of scenario where it was really close until 60 seconds left. Yeah. I was stunned. Duke covered that game. I was like, Holy cow. They covered. Yeah. It's a bad beat. Luke. I have Villanova on top 74 to 40. I have, <laughs> I, have I have Dickinson playing another 38 minutes. Cause he's going to have to, um, he's going to have another big game but you're going to find that uh, Devontae Jones might have to sneak his way into this game as something might be broke, and they do need to fix it. Uh, Gillespie's going to have a great game, and I think he's just going to ice it. I, I just – Al said they're the better team all year. I think uh, Villanova's going to come away with this one. Mika, did you say 74 to 40? 74 to 70. Did I say 40? You said 40. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. High praise for Dickinson in a 34-point loss. <laughs> So four point loss. Four point loss. A lot more sense. Four point loss. I'll be the one to yeah pick them because the Wolves in the spirit of Alex and Evan. Never say that again. (laughs) In the spirit of Alex and Evan, when you guys were like, "F it, I'm picking my team." When you picked them over Duke, hopefully it's a different result. I'm going to go seventy five seventy four Michigan squeaker squeaker toy Jordan Pool buzzer beater. Wow, who is the game winner? Who hits the buzzer beater from probably probably Dick Brandon Johns because he's in because of foul <laughs> trouble. Johnson. Unbelievable. It's Takes probably it the elite eight. It's probably 74 73 last possession. And it's one, those, it's one of those handoff screens at the top where Eli comes off of it from Dickinson and hits another a hook shot. No, it hits a little mid range jumper at the buzzer. <laughs> Be crazy. Wow. And Grant <laughs> his pants. And then. On a like, road trip. Uh, just watching it from a car the entire yeah, time. Yeah, watching it from a car. So that's going to be a blast. You have to sit in the back, Grant. He's right, a shotgun. No. That's Evan's fine. shotgun. That's Evan's fine. Shotgun. No, you're my co-pilot, Evan. Um, you're shotgun. And then if anyone's like, all right, you guys only record once a week. I don't really – I don't want to even think about Arizona-Houston because Villanova is so good. I would tell you this. I do not want to see either of those teams. So I don't feel good about either of those games. 
oh, are we supposed to give a no. like, 10 second preview? No, Michigan just, we get smoked by Arizona or I'm Houston. Just, <laughs> I've already seen Arizona. They are oh, last thing I want to say about Villanova. The only reason I feel a little bit confident because normally I'm like Villanova's so good, they just don't have like any NBA talent on this team. So I think that gives Michigan wrong. A That's not wrong, Alex. They just wrong. Simply, Everyone okay. said that about Jalen Brunson. Look how good he is in the NBA. No, 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 no. Don't flip me in there. Jalen Brunson is was that dude like all of his college career. So is Colin Gillespie. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if I, Colin's gonna have the same impact on the Dallas Mavericks to Jalen Brunson. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Colin Gillespie might hit a buzzer beater. Honestly, He's dude. For one. Archie Diakono is on Villanova. Yeah, the younger one. Um. All right, Evans Red Wings trade corner. Evan, what the Red Wings do <sighs> and what does it mean? Wait, it means before you go. Um. You know, I'll actually let you go first. Sorry. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. It's it's going to get answered. Have at it. Okay, so this basically was just like a roster dump we've been seeing over the last couple of years. Iserman being pissed over the uh, lack of talent, lack of play, um, the blowouts that we've been witnessing. And we kind of signed some of these guys to be – uh, transition guys, hopefully that we could make a run to the playoffs this year. But obviously he wasn't pleased with the overall play. So you give them off to playoff teams. We didn't get a lot in return. Um, we got a seventh round pick for one of them. I'm trying to look up the actual the trades that we got. Uh, I saw we Red win today. It was um, awesome. And then there we got was some one awesome players. Decent trade that we got in return uh, from, I believe it was the Blues. We got a two defensemen. Um the second round pick. And second round pick for Letty and Witowski. Um, not bad for the overhaul for like we two defensive guys that I mean not valuable. We brought them in. Isn't Letty decent? Yeah, Nick Letty is probably decent. That's why we got like the second round pick for him and probably a prospect. So overall that trade was not bad. Uh we gave up. We got a seventh round pick for Choice Stetcher. Um, nothing there. It's just basically like, yeah, we're not you're not valuable for us anymore. We don't see you in the future, so we'll dump you to somebody. Seventh round pick means nothing. Um, and then finally we gave up Nasantinoff, which is kind of surprising to me. I thought he would be around. We kind of signed him. I thought he would stick around for like at least a little bit of the future. But we got a fourth round for the Dallas. Um, I think it just is this is Eiserman evaluating talent, seeing who's going to be able to last. And if nothing cool, able to last, see you later. Yeah. So, so nothing cool. We didn't get Sidney Crosby from Luke's team. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sidney yeah. Ghostby? No, we didn't get him. Hey, Luke, um, your team make any cool moves? Uh, we just added a uh, guy from uh, Anaheim today. I can't really remember his name. He's been there for a while, though. He was an assistant captain. Rackle, Rackle, something like that. I mean, that's the only movie we made so far. Steve Riggle? Yeah. No, the Riddle. Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Nice. Uh, the name Evan meant to say there, I believe, was, I'll help you pronunciation-wise, was Nemesnikov. In case anyone's like, who? Grinch is mansplained. No, I just punched him he, in the face. <laughs> when he said it, I was just like, I think I think Nemesnikov is what he's looking for there. Close enough. But yeah, yeah I, just but I thought like, you did a great job. I like would a, never have questioned it. <laughs> Oh, as someone who corrects people all the time. Wrong. Yeah. See, there it is. Oh, Oscar Sunquist. Is that for <laughs> Sunquist the drink? 
No, he had, there was that guy who had those health problems when he was in Philly. I don't know. It was just something that spurred my mind. <laughs> I apologize. I forgot one question from the listeners. It was college basketball, but it's a good way for us to say goodbye tonight. Who has the easiest road to the final four and who has the hardest that's left? Don't have a bracket in front of me. Please give me 20 seconds. I mean, the easiest, I would say. I mean, if Matt Painter doesn't make it this year, then it's a lost cause for him. Oh. He'll never get one. Um, yeah, it's not easy if they, they should be St. Peter's. I mean, they have Jaden Ivey and Zach Eady and Trevor, Travion Williams. Um, I would say that's the easiest to lead eight. I think the easiest uh, two-game stretch will be Kansas. I think Pro- Providence and Iowa State or Miami is set up for a dream for Bill yeah. Self. Would Purdue play UCLA or North Carolina? That's yeah. Still, yeah. That's still a tough road. That's a I tough think- for them, I think they should be cheering for UCLA. I think North Carolina is just a hot team right now. They're efficient on offense. Um, Hardest left is Duke. Duke's got to beat Texas Tech. Duke, and then Duke's got a brutal run. And then turn around in one day and play a team with a completely different style than Texas Tech. That's high flying in your face. That'd be, that's going to be tough. In fairness to Duke, Gonzaga. Houston is the best, for sure. Gonzaga's, already, Gonzaga's way overrated anyway, so... I mean, how emotionally hedged are you and Gonzaga not winning like at all this year? I'm full in. They're not going to win. Like what? What's the point with them just reaching into their final four? Is that just so ho hum now for them that that doesn't even make them like legit? Or would that be like well, okay, correct? Right. It's just like okay, cool, good for you guys. But that's crazy that Gonzaga's gotten to the point. Evan's brain, we're making a final four is like ho hum. It's not good enough for them. They win a national championship, and then we finally talk about how good you guys are. Your coach starts drinking and driving, and everybody's like, oh, let's forget about this. The hate is unreal. The hate for Gonzaga is so unreal from Evan. Idle predictions. Who's winning it all? UCLA. Grant's Grant's pick was terrible. I'm going to stay with mine, Kansas. They're still going to win. Well, mine got bounced, uh, Auburn. Thanks, guys. Yeah, but uh, I'm gonna have to go with. I like Miami. Arizona. Arizona's tough. I like Zona, they got the guy. They got. All right, their... So now Arizona's gonna lose thanks to Grant's bad predictions. Well, I'm, I Ken Palm boy. I won't bet on because I went three and eleven this weekend. So I bet against them and they'll they'll win. So. Ooh. All right, that's pretty much the show. I'm not doing the normal closeout because it's eleven thirty. So everyone knows where to find us by this point. Tell somebody else. I'll see you at the other side. The boys are going to Nashville. This is going to be a tough weekend. Yeah. Evan, I'm worried about your bowels before we go. Why? You should be worried about yourself. We can't stop and eat anywhere because this is going to make my stomach upset. I have never done that on a road trip. I'm excited. We used to go to Waffle House. This is going to be fantastic. (laughs) I will say we're not stopping at Burger King. Nobody ask. Okay. Oh, do not hurt us. Thanks. (laughs) 